Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. The time is now 2.35 and uh, we've got this week's Art Sing Around correspondent, Andrew Dembina, with us. Andrew, it's great to have you on the programme. How are you doing? Very well today. Thank you, Noreen. How are you? Wow, it sounds so good. It sounds like you're right sort of in my ear. I, I suppose you are in the in the broadcasting house studio right now. Indeed. And A very clear line, isn't it? it, it very clear indeed. And we've got uh, Jim Gold being our studio operator. It's not every day you get head of Radio 3 being our studio producer. So thank you, uh, Jim. Wow, Andrew, I'm excited to hear all about um, some art news. Have you got some global and some local ones for us? A bit of both, Noreen. Yes, indeed. Let's start off with the local because um, I've mentioned in the previous weeks that it's not always possible during these times for either public galleries or commercial galleries uh, to be able or willing to put on exhibitions at the moment. Uh, there are a few, as I've mentioned, but uh, the numbers are, are just not too many. So instead, today, one of the local things I'd like to talk about is a public art exhibition. And it's been put on by um, a developer in Causeway Bay, uh, Hyson, uh, development who are quite good patrons of doing public art projects either um, in foyers of their buildings or sometimes in the great outdoors and it's the latter that people can entertain themselves with or see some of the creative ideas that have been knocking around Hong Kong leading up to a competition that was held in 2020 for anyone with a creative um, flair or a creative feeling to participate could try their hand at making a public mural uh, for two different sites in Causeway Bay, around both of them around the Lee Theatre area. And there were four themes that uh, Heisen put down in which the artists, either individuals or collectives or design studios, there's no limit to how many people could submit one design. It could be a design team. Um, they had to fit into four categories then. So there was wellness, sustainability, arts and culture and lifestyle. And the two winning works um, out of all of these entries were... Um, trying to win themselves, having their mural made publicly, them designing it in the first place and then being very involved in the actual application of a mural. Now, when it comes to murals, um, you may think automatically paint. Mm. Do you, Nori? I do, yeah, that sort of uh, painting on the canvas... Uh, it could be on a canvas, uh, but it, or it could be oh, directly onto a wall, a wall. Or, true, or, or, or another surface, really. I mean, um, I don't know if this is before your time, but talking about painting on unexpected surfaces, do you remember when uh, buses used to have hand-painted adverts along the side of them in Hong Kong? I mean, it was before the, before the great big stickers that now go across buses um, uh, were, were, uh, were stuck on. It used to be the job of a very skilled kind of mural painter really but who specialized in painting on buses wow no i i, I don't seem to recall that i, I just remember for uh, cinemas in hong kong their posters used to be painted yeah they were they were yeah. weren't they not yeah. so much buses maybe yeah I don't know. no they, yeah it's, definitely it's all a bit blurry now <laughs> yeah well when but i yeah, cinemas, when i arrived yeah. there were some and it was um it was kind really? of quite an archaic but nice sort of craftsperson way of uh of getting a message out there. You know, it's a bit harks back to the day where all signboards outside shops, of course, would have been painted as well, you know, rather than uh, actually um, just put on a programme on a computer and uh, 
printed out on some sort of plastic that gets trashed when the next shop takes over. Oh. It's, but um, anyway, <laughs> I'll, st I'll stick to the point. Um, in Lee Gardens, there, there are two winning works that people can now see, and one of them is soaring um, up to about 10 levels above uh, Lee Garden 2 um, shopping mall. And the other one is sprawled across the much wider and less tall Leighton Centre. And they are both giving a sort of interesting contemporary burst of colour, Hong Kong reflections to a certain extent, and also um, a fantasy from the artists who are doing it. The two that were picked were not straight representations of what's going on around Causeway Bay. They were more... Um, something that the artists thought would cheer up people in that area. So let's look at the two that won, or I'll tell you a bit about the two that won the, uh, the top prizes of seeing their murals realised out of the scores of entries that, that came in for this last year. The, f the first one is called Island Gardenia, and it's designed by an architecture and interior design firm called Editecture, and it stretches up, as I say, several stories high from the ground-level entrance of Lee Garden 2 Mall, uh, it's designed mostly by Jacqueline Schack of Editecture. She's the, she was the head designer of this particular project. And she's made what she calls an urban oasis that combines traditional naval architecture because there are little boats... I've sent you a picture of this. Um, uh, the, I don't know if you can see the tall one. I'm uh, looking at that, the, the tower one. Yeah. It's amazing. And look at the things, look at the little... She, what she's saying, she was inspired by, you know, Hong Kong's naval uh, history, if you like. Um, so she's got some boats in there. I mean, they don't really look like boats. So I'll just to explain to the listener, they look more like... Islands. A, well, yeah, they do look like islands. With because the trees on top of the boat as the sails. Yeah, indeed. I mean, there's a, there's a lemon tree in the centre of each one. Um, they look to me a little bit like a barrel, a large, you know, a, an enlarged barrel that's been cut in half and a, a bit of decking, circular decking, has been put onto the... Uh, um, the surface, the horizontal surface of the barrel, and then a lemon tree has been stuck in for shade um, or to make it look like a floating island, as you say, like you'd see a desert island. Um, and she um, has used 2,000 recycled plastic bottles to, um, to weave into the fabric that she's placed over Lee Gardens Theatre. So she's deliberately used a recycled product to use as a canvas, if you like, to stretch over um, the building facade. That's so it's, really cool. It is cool, and it's not painted directly on it, so nothing has to be scraped off afterwards, <laughs> and it's put on something that I suppose could be kept. Can be uh, kept if it, they... If they peel it off nicely yeah i mean i don't i don't i don't know how they've what kind of adhesive they they've used i mean it's not the typhoon season this um the the exhibition um or these two uh mural claddings go on until uh mid-february uh actually late february i should say 21st of february and there's a show simultaneously at heisen place mall on the ninth floor of all of the other entries sorry i should say 22 of the other entries, the top ones that were rated to be really interesting and were in the running to have their works realised. So that was the first one that has been done, Ireland Gardenia. The second one is called Communion, and that's by uh, a, a solo designer, female, called Zoe Lamb. And she calls her style Zedlism. 
Zedlism, and it's a bit of a mouthful to say that, but it's made up of the word, so her name is Zoe Lamb, and it's her initials, Z and L, not two letters that go together very easily. And um, she's added ism at the end, suggesting it's her way of thinking. So she's made something which is... Um, characters. She's kind of a bit cartoon-like in her work. You've got a picture of her work as well. She does very brightly coloured, almost animation characters living in a world that she's created. And her paintings normally in prints that she does on canvas and on paper are of a kind of uh, fantasy world populated by colourful, pretty positive-looking, jovial characters. So those who uh, who chose which uh, works to put up on these two very large-scale buildings, as I say, um, the Leighton Centre is very, a very wide building, but not so tall. So they really are going to make an impact as people walk past these different little corners of Causeway Bay. Um, uh, what do you think of that one, Noreen? You've, you've, you've seen this. It's, very, it's, it's like a blaze of colour, really, isn't it? It is. It's really colourful. Um, it kind of looks a bit childlike also, you know, like quite um, fantasy-like. It's, you're referring to... Uh, I'm referring to, like, the, 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 yeah. the cartoon-like character that's orange and it's kind of, like, blobby. It is, um, it is. It's like a cartoon character. It is. You can imagine it actually being yeah. the illustrations of a of a child's book. You're right. She'd be. I don't know if she does ch- uh, children's illustration, but she does um, paintings on canvas and she does prints on uh, you know on paper that are framed mm-hmm. as a fine art person herself. Which um, uh, which uh, yeah do have these characters that look like they might illustrate a children's story. Correct. But anyone who wants to see what other entries came in, there is this exhibition that I mentioned on the ninth floor of Hyson Centre um, until the 21st of February. So do get along there if you'd like to see how people who didn't make it onto the walls envisioned uh, uh, an, an interesting urban project uh, during a time where there are not a wealth of exhibitions going on. So um, you can find out more at uh, uh, Lee Gardens HK on the Facebook page um, or you can go to www.leegardens.com.hk and uh, have a look at the mural competition. It's one of the uh, items on their homepage of the website. Um, so that's something quite fun for Hong Kong, I think. Um, what do you, do you do? You enjoy seeing um, uh, public art yourself? Can you remember seeing much in Hong Kong, Noreen? Yeah, I do. I really like seeing it. in the storefronts of a lot of uh, old buildings, like in Shangwan and Kennedy Town. Mm. When um, when it's closing time, you know they have those metal. What do you call it? Metal gates. Some people actually spray paint on it and, and, and actually draw on it. Ah, and I quite like those. The graffiti art. Sort of, yeah. But some of them are also painted on as well. So some are graffiti, mm. some aren't. And I quite, I, I quite, I think those add characters. There's a real sort of juxtaposition between sort of the old metal gate versus some sort of new art. And I think it gives it a, a new light. It, I, I agree. I mean, certainly. Some people don't like it. Some people like it in its, uh, you know, regular forms. Yeah. And, and I can respect that too. I think I think it's nice to have a mixture. I mean, otherwise it's sort of so generic. I think it also depends on whether the image has been um, done. In a, if it's graffiti, then you know there's a question there for obvious reasons. Whether it's uh, whether the owner is okay to accept that, probably not in most cases. Or whether the owner has commissioned it, which I think more and more has happened. We can see loads of examples around Soho. 
Um, and Saiyang uh, Pun, there's a yes. couple of examples. I, I forgot where I saw this. Um, I think, uh, no, I just saw, saw a picture of it, but it was a Ta Tan Tang. Mm. And when the Ta Tan Tang closes, there's a picture of another Ta Tan Tang on the doors. Oh, so it's so cute. Oh, that's, that, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, people can play with that with perspective and spaces and sort of yeah. obstacle illusions, can't they? Yes. Yeah. Well, moving on to something out of Hong Kong next. Um, uh, two weeks ago, it was reported um, archae by archaeologists that uh, the oldest uh, figurative painting in the world had been produced. Oh, um, that's at, what you sent yeah. me. I'm wondering what this... What is that? What is that? Piggy... <laughs> is, is it a cave mural, actually? It's a, there's, a, there's a link. Uh, yeah, it's it a looks mural. like a wild boar. It does look sort. like it. Um, and, um, I mean, that piece of artwork now, which has been verified as being 45 and a 1,000 years old, <gasps> wow. makes it the oldest living known figurative artwork ever found. Oh. And it was only announced a couple of weeks ago. I should back up because, you know, every time, every time we do this Art Sing Around segment, Andrew very kindly sends... Um, a, a bunch of pictures to show me. I suppose they're what we're going to be talking about. But there's no context. There's never anything. It's just a bunch of weird and wonderful images that appear on my screen. And I'm like, I'm guessing, what's this? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This is a wild boar. The oldest picture uh, drawing. Well, yes, the uh, the oldest figurative art. There have been other types of art that have been dated back to um, maybe similar um, lengths of time. Forty-five and a half thousand years again, to just to remind people in case they missed that. Um, but it's it's it is a painting of a pig, which is very elongated, as you say. It's got a protruding belly. Uh, it could be either that that's the way people depicted animals and pigs in that time or it could be that maybe it was a pregnant female pig. Um, there are a couple of other forms next to it that look a bit like hands, that are thought to be hands but it's not sure whether they are and there's, um, there's it was found in the Sulawesi um, island of, uh, of Indonesia and it, uh, it, it, it beats something that were found by researchers just in 2019, just over a year ago, which was uh, um, it's beaten it by being carbon dated to one and a half thousand years older than a similar painting of animals that was, that was found in Sulawesi the same island as well and it's been an amazing discovery because it's in a really, really inaccessible part of the island which in the rainy season can't be reached by land at all. It can only be reached in the dry season because uh, everything, the water levels come up and it's, uh, or it's really um, not possible for on the muddy trails and hills that it has for people to get there. It's in some caves called the Lian uh, Tedongi Caves and it's, uh, it's 40 miles from a place called uh, Makassar, which is a city of one and a half million people, uh, which uh, have not discovered this uh, for the last uh, 45 and a half thousand years. It's because people just don't go caving around this area. I've sent you a photo also of the kind of terrain we're talking about. Most people have, any, have only ever reached this part of Sulawesi by, um, by canoe or kayak, the local preferred methods of, mm. uh, of, of travelling between villages in this slightly more remote and inaccessible part of the island. So, there, um, there, it's, not, it's also not been proven yet whether 
the artwork was produced by 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 humans, which might sound uh, a little bit uh, <laughs> out bit of a strange there, one, but, but you never know. Well, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not not to say that it was another animal, but it's just that um, aliens. The, uh, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't going there, Noreen. It's because uh, the, uh, the, the it's so it's so old that that there is some debate at the moment whether it was human beings or the predecessors of humans, which were. Uh, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, which, which were hominin, and uh, but uh, but it's thought that uh, it, when you compare the types of rendition and the style of of the uh, handiwork that's been showing itself in these cave paintings, that it probably was some of the earliest human paintings ever found. That's yet to be confirmed by these studies. Right. Yeah, and finally, um, I touched on something on the this uh, artsing around segment. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when I ran briefly through some examples of the generous list of those awarded with direct involvement in the arts in the uh, recent UK Queen Elizabeth's New Year honours. Do you remember I mentioned, um, you know, that there were also some people last year that were awarded um, Bohemia Stars and other local merits in Hong Kong mm -hmm. who were less... The ones in Hong Kong were less directly involved. There were more people to do with um, uh, giving time to uh, um, to get involved in artistic events or festivals that were going on in different districts of Hong Kong um, but one particular artist in the UK in the uh, in the yearly honors that they have over there just announced a couple of weeks ago was the curious artist uh, Michael Landy so he got a CBE so that's a commander of the order of British Empire and he works in a form of art that we haven't discussed yet in this segment conceptual art so not sure if you if that uh, if that means anything to you, Noreen. That that comments, but uh, sorry, that pigeonhole, that type of art. It can be something that takes many forms. Basically, the idea comes first, and the art. Sometimes can be... we have conceptual artists on the program, and I've also asked them the same question. Oh. What does that mean? Okay, okay, sure, okay, right, oh, okay, right. Well, what, what do they say? What's been your best answer? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so fair enough. I'll move on. <laughs> well, um, the, the, so the man who has been um, making things out or, or doing performance art, sometimes conceptual art can be a performance. It can be someone doing something that doesn't have anything uh, to show at the end of it. It's something that they do maybe in a public place um, that then after it's finished, maybe someone will record it these days, of course, on video, but it's, uh, it's just in the moment. It can take many forms, but something that he did that deserves a little mention um, is a project called Breakdown, and it goes back to the year 2001 when uh, Michael Landy gathered all that he owned at an empty department store site in London that had been cleared for him to bring everything that he, everything worldly that he owns, you know, from, mm. let's say, furniture in his home to electronic products, everything was put in there. It was on the ground floor uh, and it was just, he got this space that had been vacated already. And prior to putting everything in there, over a three-year period, he, he spent three years cataloguing 7,000 plus of his possessions, uh, bits of rubbish included that we all accumulate over time. Um, everything that he owned was going to be destroyed as his performance piece called Breakdown. Everything, you know, think about sentimental things, his passport, his birth certificate, food, clothes, uh, everything that's, you know, the, 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 the out-of-date can of beans at the, uh, at the back of the cupboard in the kitchen, you name it. It's, uh, so uh, it's, 
uh, including. I have no words. Yeah, and even in, his in, passport. In, yeah, and a passport and birth certificate, and uh, no. he, including works of art. He owned a couple of uh, what would be very valuable works of art by Tracy Emin and Damien Hirst, who are two of the darlings of the fine art world uh, in the UK at the moment. And uh, love letters from his teenagers. I'm just reading through this list of things. Photos, all personal stuff, family stuff. Um, so his work was arranged into ten categories, either to be recycled if they were made of material that could be recycled, or to be sent to landfill if they couldn't. And they were all destroyed over a two-week period. And it was uh, this uh, during this two weeks, this space, which was an, uh, used to be a department store, was open to the public as an exhibition. And they watched the process of things being taken apart and put onto an eight figure of eight shaped. Uh, conveyor belt. So as things were being broken down by a big assembly line team, these items were circulating in trays of different materials, let's say metal, plastic, paper, card, things like that, systematically putting all the things of the same material into separate boxes or bags to either be recycled or dumped. And um, uh, and then, if things were too large in size, they would be smashed with uh, with, with with hammers or sawn um, by uh, you know by this team of people who were breaking everything down. It attracted forty five thousand visitors over two weeks, and uh, resulted in bags of rubbish weighing nearly six tons. None of it was uh, exhibited or sold. None of the stuff. He didn't make anything out of the, re the recycled bits and pieces, and there was no art made out of that. So it was a con the concept was, what is it like um, to destroy everything that you materially own? And uh, my thoughts were, why didn't he give some of it to charity? Yeah. <laughs> but but, but if that, that was not the, the artistic point. That wasn't, that wasn't the concept, Noreen. So um, it's, uh, it, it was an amazing... Uh, um, idea really, and it's one that um, that probably will remain in the history of art books for a long time. And it's only one of the many works that he's done. But interesting that uh, that's uh, it, that man got a CBE um, just a couple of weeks ago. Very um, interesting. Well, yeah. Andrew, always interesting to have you sharing. I'm gonna I'm gonna look him up and and, and check out how, just how much he destroyed. Yeah. Just to think, his birth certificate as well. These are maybe he did a copy. I don't know. There's no way to verify it. Indeed, we'll never know that, Noreen. Probably. You might not want to admit it. Exactly. Maybe invite him on the show. Well, meanwhile, Andrew, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you very much indeed for your sharing uh, this week. And you'll be back again uh, next week uh, sure. for more sharing. And also, uh, you'll be on air on Saturday as well. So our listeners indeed. will get a chance to tune in to your dulcet tones and your, the tunes that you play for us. Correct. Uh, when will you be on air again? That's from 3 till 6, right here on Saturday afternoon. Thank you very much indeed. Best of luck, Andrew. Thank you. Bye for Thanks, now. Thanks, Noreen. Bye.